0: Welcome, everybody, to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com, virtually alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael, and we're happy to be kicking off our 2021 season here on Behind the Braves as the, the Atlanta Braves, uh, the season is is nearing, spring training is nearing. Um, you may have noticed we... we uh, we didn't post any episodes in January, and we're just going to tell you why. Our original plan was we were going to release a whole block of brand new episodes during the Braves Virtual House Party that was scheduled to take place in January. And we were working on that. And As a matter of fact, the interview we've got today was recorded uh, to be released during that. And then, unfortunately, uh, our beloved... Hank Aaron passed away, and that has, of course, altered our plans. And uh, we're still going to go forward with with today's episode and, and another one as well that we'll, we'll get to later that we recorded for the house party. Um, today's guest, Michael Kelly, if, if you're already on Braves Twitter or anything like that, you probably are familiar with Michael. And even if you're not, you're probably familiar with Michael from... Goodness gracious! Uh, House of Cards, of course. He's Doug Stamper on House of Cards. He's probably best known for that. He had a recurring role on Sopranos. He's been in, oh my gosh, so many different things. I mean, his Jack IMDb, Ryan, Jack Ryan. Oh my gosh, yeah. How can I leave out Jack Ryan? So his IMDb <laughs> is is pretty amazing, and he is a diehard, diehard Braves fan. So really fun time with him. But of course, we we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about Hank at the beginning. Greg, I um. I was fortunate enough to, over my the past five, six years of, of being on this side of it, from going from fan to working in baseball and for MLB and and with the Braves, I was fortunate enough to interview Hank three times um, once, of course. And my favorite interview of those three times was when we had him on uh, just a, right at about two years ago. Now, as we're sitting here today, we had him on for Black History Month and twenty nineteen. Um, and I know people have asked me and I'm, I know they've asked you like, well, who is your who's your favorite interview you've done? You know, we're around 80 of these episodes now that we've done with Behind the Braves and we've gotten to interview so many different people, not even just related with the Braves. Like today, it's we're having a famous fan on and. Um, <laughs> and I always say the same thing. It's like, my favorite is like the last one that we did because it's like the (laughs) freshest one. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that one was so awesome. And then I really think about it. And it's like, I can make a case for any of the 80 we've done that, that, that was my favorite. But ultimately I always come back to this. I'm like, how do I choose against Hank Aaron? And that's ultimately, if you made me choose one, it would be when we had Hank on this show. Um, That was just anytime you're in a room with Hank Aaron, it was just, it just, is just something special. There's just something different about it. And well, you know what I've, I've told people the times I got to speak with Hank, including the day you and I spoke with him on Behind the Braves, but other times I interviewed him and then a couple other times when I happened to run into him around the building, is I always felt like I was just talking to my granddaddy. and. If you know me at all, that's the ultimate compliment I can give somebody is that, you know, both my grandfathers are gone now. But but um, in talking with them, those are some of my favorite memories and things. It's just I loved talking with them and that feeling I had talking with them. They're just warm and kind and humble. And it just made you feel good. It made me feel good as a grandson just to be speaking with them. And that's what it felt like, even though he is. Not just a baseball icon or Braves icon. I mean, he's an American icon. But yet he had this way about him, his his he was so humble and kind and gracious that he just he made you feel comfortable and, and just made you feel warm, which you know, I don't know how many pokes of his folks of his stature you could say that about. So um I'm very sad, obviously, that he was gone, uh, that he's gone now. Um, but I'll tell you, he he had an impact just in the very short amount of very, very little bit of his time that he gave me. He had a, it had a huge impact on me. So, Greg, I, I just, you know, I didn't have any specific plan for how I wanted to talk about Hank other than those are just I just wanted the first things that come to mind to come out. And those are the things that that first come to mind for me. So just your your thoughts on the passing of, of Hank. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was tough. Obviously, growing up in Tennessee, the Braves were big and, you know, Hank, Hank Aaron couldn't oh. be any bigger. And in my mind, he never got smaller. He got bigger. And, you know, he just when I got a chance to be a, around him and get to know him as a person, um, how I felt about him just, um, you know, just continued to grow. One thing I really love about what we do And it kind of, and this is kind of related to Hank, but it also is related to all the other podcasts that we've done, is that, you know, life can get really fast with all the texting and tweeting and Instagram and Facebook messaging. And what I love about what we do is life kind of starts to really slow down when we sit and we interview somebody. I remember going and, and being able to sit with Hank in the coach's locker room and there's something about that 30, 45 minutes that we get to spend with our guests that life does slow down because we're just talking to one another. We're, we're looking each other in the eyes and and uh, we're talking and telling stories. And, and I, you know, the, you miss that. You miss a lot of that when you're tweeting or when you're uh, when you're texting one another or you're emailing, just that kind of personal connection. So that's one thing I really appreciate about what we do. So thank you for that because I think it's, it's really important i know people are listening in their cars and they're listening while they're cutting the grass or they're listening um just you know at lunch break that kind of thing but there's something about just getting to interview and talk to people so i relate that back to hank because being able to talk to him about um just his perspective on things and and you know him his time as a ball player and and then his time, what, how he's been able to give back. And I know there's been a lot of talk about some things that what we're doing to continue his legacy off the field. Uh, it's, it's just really special because I'll, I'll always cherish not only my time getting to interview him, but also all the alumni, all the famous fans, all the different people, executives and people that we've been able just to sit down and talk with. I don't know, I just think it's really special and I've really enjoy that. Just because it's different. I mean, we just live in a different time where we're not writing letters and we're not just going over on our neighbor's front porch and talking and doing things. So this kind of gives me a chance to do that, and I, I really enjoy that. So, when I think about Hank, um, I just think of somebody who's very genuine, somebody that that um, took a lot of a lot of uh, high and tight fastballs. You know, a guy that on and off the field, he took he took everything that life had to offer our life had to, to, to um, you know, to do to him. And, uh, you know, he took it in style, and he took it with grace, he took it with humility. And I, I'm sure that, I don't, I don't think wow. any of us, um, I'm sure Hank would never say, you know, I'm not a saint, you know, all these things, but there's just a lot of things that he put up with that, that really see, you can see um, when, you, when you spoke to him, especially when we did later on in his life, he had a lot of wisdom, you know, he had a lot of things to say, but you know, it could have been the other way. I mean, he could have been really bitter. He could have been really, um, upset. And I'm not saying he wasn't upset, but I just, it never came across in some of his attitudes and the way he, he conversed with me and, and the way I saw him interact with other people. You know, he seemed very grateful. He seemed very thankful for, uh, for where he, where he is or where he was in life. And, um, you know, I just didn't, I didn't sense a lot of bitterness about what had happened to him. And um, so I really always, I really appreciated that about him. And, you know, anybody, anybody that's been through a tough time. I mean, I don't care if it's black, white, uh, if people go through a myriad of circumstances that are tough. You know, whether you've lost your wife or you've lost your home or you've lost your job or anytime you've experienced loss, yeah, I mean, you got a choice. You, your attitude has a lot to, to do with how you respond and how you come out of it. So I appreciate about people who've gone through tough things and they come out and they they seemed um, they seemed different, you know, in a positive way.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I, I couldn't have said that better. He's, um, you know, I, I know Chipper put out, uh, well, he put out a tweet right after Hank had passed and he I thought he put it really well, what you were just saying there too about, you know, he had every right to be angry and violent or, or militant about it or whatever. However, you want to put it, he had every right to be angry after what he went through, and he never, he he never did that publicly. He had, mm-hmm. I'm sure he was. I mean, how could you not be? But he always conducted himself with class, grace. Grace, I think, is the the big word there with a lot of grace, mm-hmm. um, dignity. Um, yeah, it's it's just hard. The life of Hank Aaron is just not just it just goes so far beyond baseball, which just as Snit said, the numbers on the back of the baseball card of Hank are just stupid. I mean, it's just unreal what the man accomplished mm-hmm. on the field. But then you just start looking at the life beyond all that. Uh, even just his his success in the business world. My girlfriend and I were reading up a little bit more on some of his businesses and stuff through the years, and it's really, really incredible. You just to study a life and what somebody did with it while they were here on this earth uh, to come where he came from outside of Mobile, mm-hmm. Alabama with not with literally a couple sandwiches that his mom made him when he's getting on that train. You know, that picture we've all seen of him getting on the train uh, as an 18 year old, <laughs> I think, with like one or two pairs of pants and a couple sandwiches sandwiches his mom made him in like a buck 50 in his pocket to to building the life that he did both on and off the field. Mm-hmm. It's pretty It's pretty doggone incredible. Uh, I'll tell you this, I went, um, I guess, I believe it was the Hank passed on a Friday uh, that next day on Saturday. I was here, uh, well I say here, I live here next to the, in the Battery. Uh, So I was here and I was at, walked over to Truist Park on Friday, uh, you know, flowers were starting to be left and that sort of thing. And uh, so then Saturday I went down to the old Fulton County Stadium site and walked up and just went to the the fence there where the, the 715 is still up and people were leaving flowers and everything and it was it was a touching thing it was a really special thing I'm very very glad I went and there were a lot of people it was just kind of you know you'd kind of turn around if you were at the at the spot there where the home run landed and I'd turn around and it was kind of if you've ever been to the site it's almost like a I don't know how to describe it other than like a field of dreams things. You just see people off in the distance coming off of that huge, huge, vast parking lot, just kind of filtering in and slowly coming towards you. And it was just like, is this kind of really cool, beautiful moment of just people from all over the city, all over the place, just coming to pay their respects. They're wearing their Braves jerseys or they're wearing their street clothes or whatever. They're bringing flowers, bringing baseballs with a little note and leaving them. And it was, it was really, really cool. Um, You know, I'm sure there's people listening to this that either came to the Hank statue here at Truist Park or or went out to the 715 site there. I will tell you, I I went to the... If the at the, the old Fulton County site, you know, in the parking lot there, they've got the outline of the where the original field was, where where Hank played, where you played, where you won the World Series. Um, and I stood there at home plate for a couple of minutes and kind of just looked around and was just kind of in my head trying to like I don't want to make this sound over the top like a movie kind of thing. But in my head, this is what I was trying to do. I was like, I was trying to think about what must have that felt like to be standing here like he did that night, everything he'd endured and just trying to envision that stadium is still standing up around me and what that must've sounded like, what it must've looked like. Um, and then I briefly thought about what it must've been like for Greg McMichael to win the world series there. But you know, that, that was just a couple of minutes. Um, but uh, it was, uh, it was a very, very sad couple of days and it's still sad, but at the same time, it also gave me just as a Braves fan and somebody that just got to spend just a tiny little bit of time with Hank to reflect on him and everything that he did. And, and it was really cool to see um, both online and in person that the, the, I was not alone in that. And he impacted a whole lot of people's lives from all different ages, all different races, all different backgrounds. And uh, just what more can I say than what a, what a life well lived? Yeah, that's
1: a, that's a great word. Um, yeah, Hank will be forever missed. And uh, one of the words that I was trying to think of is that um, a lot of times when you uh, you kind of measure the quality of a person, if you really, if this is something that you see yourself going to have lunch with, you know, <laughs> would I want to spend enough time just to go have lunch with this person? And without a doubt, Hank was a would a guy would be a guy that I, I would want to go have lunch with. I play with a lot of guys that, you know, they were great ball players, but I would you couldn't pay me to go have lunch with them. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's It's a good way of looking at it. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, Segway alert. Uh, Michael Kelly is a guy I would want to go have lunch with. That's for sure. We spent our first time interviewing him, which was a long time coming. Um, he was somebody we talked about wanting to get on and uh, and we finally made it happen. Um, I'll tell you, just spending 30 minutes with him over Zoom, it quickly just turned into just a fun conversation. Of course, I will say, as you'll hear, I mean, we record the interview we had just found out a couple hours earlier that we'd lost Hank, so we we talk about that a little bit. Um, but then, you know, we went in and had a I had, I had a fun conversation with Michael Kelly, talking about his brace fandom. I fanboyed a little bit and got a Sopranos story out of him. So, <laughs> selfishly, yeah, that was good. Selfishly, I had to do that, um, and I didn't even. Next time we have him on, I'll fanboy and get more House of Cards stories there out we of go. him because I love his role as Doug Stamper is. Uh, Oh, such a cold-blooded evil character, and you, you got to love it. <laughs> that's,
1: yeah. that's not him. He's very, very fun and gregarious, it seems like.
0: Yeah, he's the opposite of that, which is great. Yeah, A so, uh, lot of fun with him, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is he the first actor we've had on on Behind the Bridge? I believe so. Yeah, good call on that we've had we've had race car in their famous fans we've had race car drivers we've had musicians and we finally have have an actor on here so that's so that's a, a one of us we i know i know we talk about it in the interview uh, we're all excited hopefully the vaccines are, are getting out there and we're all able to get them sooner rather than later and uh, we can all start gathering again uh, cuz i know michael he'll be He'll be coming down to some games at some point when we're when we're to that point of all being able to gather again. And uh, we're going to have him on again. Do it in person. Yeah, perfect. uh, All right. Well, cool. Well, uh, thank you for for everybody out there again from my side of of working with Brave Social Media and, and digital marketing everybody's hank memories and everything you've shared online it it has not gone unnoticed, and it's been very cool to read um and it's it's we're, we're it's all it's up to all of us now to kind of keep his legacy alive and so thank you for that um and a huge thanks to michael kelly uh for joining us and taking the time with us and can't wait to have him on again so without further ado here he is michael kelly
1: Michael appreciate you joining us today on behind the Braves and uh, it's a sad day for Braves country. We just, we heard the news of, of Hank passing this morning and um, you know, I, I was just telling Ricky that I'm very blessed just to be a part of, uh, to run the alumni association. And when I started this 10 plus years ago, Hank was one of the first guys I went to and we talked a little bit about uh, what it would mean to have an alumni association, and kind of what some expectations were. I Man, he couldn't have been more gracious to me, and to help me kind of rally the troops and talk about from an organizational standpoint. I know you growing up in Atlanta, and I should say, thank God you didn't grow up in Philadelphia where you were born. I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just personally thankful for that. <laughs> I just say that. I wouldn't want anybody to grow up in Philadelphia, no, but uh, so your formidable years growing up in Atlanta, you got to see Hank Aaron, you know, you got to hear about his greatness and all that he did. So I'm just curious, um, you know,
2: what were your first impressions as a young man just being able to watch baseball at that time? Well, I think, you know, First and foremost was to know, you know, I think I just I, I, I just tweeted something and I said something about, you know, thank you for all you endured um, to to become the legend that you were to uh, when I think of him, I think of the sacrifices that that man made to hmm. to just to be able to play the game. Um, I think of, of of everything that he went through to get to the point where he became the legend that he was. Uh, and that's what I respect you know, he, to me, forever will be the home run king. And that's, Mm. that's something else I said, you know, like that record in my books wasn't broken. (laughs) Like you can't really count that. (laughs) So um, he forever will be that. And I think that there should be some, some sense of asterisk to that. You know, that I don't don't think that'll ever be broken. He's, uh, but that's what I think of when I think of him, I think of the, you you saw him in the the graceful, kind, loving man that he was. And when you think back of everything that he went through, that's what stands out to me is how you can rise above and be that man that he became um, after everything he went through. It says a lot yeah. about a person. Well,
1: that's right. I mean, and I couldn't tell you from the first day that I met him, so, um, you know, I would see him in the parking lot. A lot of times he'd be going into the clubhouse to work out. And Ricky and I got to do a podcast with him. He was always the same. The only time he was upset with me when when one of my alumni parked in his parking space. And he, had, <laughs> and he was waiting for me to move this Ferrari. And I had no idea how to drive it. That was the only time I think he was a little impatient with me. But,
2: but other than that,
1: he was, he was phenomenal.
2: You know, the question I have is, who's Ferrari Park <laughs> Yeah, <pride? laughs> well, actually,
1: Andrew would probably be upset. It's a Lamborghini. It was an Andrew Jones' Lamborghini. And if you've ever been in one of those, it's like a spaceship. I had no idea what was reversed, what was forward or whatever. It was pretty comical. But uh, but you know what? He just was always graceful, gracious with his time and, and just was always the same. And I, I'll always remember that about him just being... Very appreciative because here he was. I mean, like you said, to go through all the things he went through, um, and then just still have the attitude that he had was was pretty amazing. And yeah, um, and I know Ricky and I will always remember. And we've got it documented, so we can go back. and We would encourage everybody to go back and watch his episode, but it was pretty amazing. And of course, I didn't grow up, you know, like you in Atlanta, but um, but I grew up in Tennessee, so I was pretty close. So I knew of Hank but I really didn't know the man. And so being able to get to know the man was pretty amazing. Yeah. You're,
2: you're very fortunate. You're very fortunate. I think we'd all be better people if we got to know him better. <laughs> I agree. I agree, Well, Michael, I, um,
0: I, I, I on this show as since we've been doing it now for a couple of years, generally we kind of approach things. Greg as a former player, he can bring a player's perspective. And to me as a lifelong Braves fan, I try to come at things from more of a fan perspective and, I think folks who have listened to our show since the beginning have heard me tell the tale of how I became a Braves fan enough times. They don't need to hear me say that again. (laughs) But with you, and I know you grew up in the area here, but just describe to us kind of how you first caught that bug of Braves baseball and those those early memories uh, of being a Braves fan.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. I moved. <laughs> this is pretty, pretty cool. I moved to Atlanta the summer before my fifth grade year. Uh, so I was young. Um, and my best friend in the neighborhood, uh, Craig Gobert was next door neighbors with Dale Murphy, um, in his very early <laughs> time with the brain. Um, this is, this was you know, 19. I don't even know what that is to be honest, but it was, um, the, Dale, I think, uh, about a year and a half later, moved to a nicer neighborhood. Should <laughs> say that as <laughs> as his star grew, he grew, uh, he grew out of the neighborhood. But um, but I did get to play uh, wolf ball with Dale Murphy in his backyard, nice. and as you can imagine, that that pretty much started my my Braves fandom. Um, my dad uh, was a fan, and and that's around the time that I went to my first game. Um, my the the man that I worked for in the neighborhood. Um, who i later worked for in the neighborhood he, he always had tickets and, and and was very generous with them so um that that's where it started you know so wasn't all good years certainly <laughs> being a Braves fan but uh but it started pretty young for me and and now my my son who's eight and my daughter's 11 and um they're like two years in now uh, my son um knows more about the Braves than, than most adults i would imagine in atlanta <laughs> it's nice.
1: pretty cool nice that that's a, hard to do from a long distance.
2: Yeah, yeah. My wife's like, you know, you guys can be Mets or Yankees fans if you want. And they're like, we know. <laughs> no. We know. <laughs> <laughs> Who <another> says, <laughs> yeah.
3: Who yeah,
1: says dads did, not my... have great influence on you, right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: exactly.
0: <laughs> that's what my, my sisters are twins, and they're 13 years younger than me. And uh, so I I brainwashed them. I say that lovingly at an early age into watching Braves baseball. I didn't really do it on purpose. I just watched every night. So them kind of being around it, they picked up on it. And now it's like uh, I look back on it as proudly, like, yeah, maybe there, maybe it wasn't intentional. Maybe subconsciously, it was a little intentional. Though. Like <laughs> I'm making other people in my family Braves fans. So, uh, you
2: know, it, it it's funny because like you, you know, you, you talk about that. And you were you were Tennessee, right? Uh,
0: Greg's Tennessee. I was in yeah. Virginia. Yep.
2: Virginia. both hillbillies, and both hillbillies. So, <laughs> and 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 i i remember listening to one at one of y'all's shows talking about you know the tbs years and you know like that was when i moved to new york i, I remember my yankees and match fan friends would be like you know what's this america's team bullshit and I'll get, <laughs> well well ted turner smartly on the network and you know if you were from the south in general, that was your team because there was no other teams around, you know. Uh, and, and I always thought that was really cool that, that they were America's team, you know, mm. and they were because more Americans watched them than anybody else.
1: Um, yeah, it's the same reason why we say Tennessee's God's country. I mean, you know, it's just <laughs> it, it's just self-proclaimed. I mean, it's just pride that you have and. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> See, in my part of Virginia, and I'm not lying, we always refer to that as God's country. So I'm starting to think that maybe everybody <laughs> in the South thinks that, that we all think that wherever we're from is the, the God's country. That's <laughs> maybe that's like we're really taken away from this. Uh, <clears throat> Well, so I, I can so working on the social media side and the digital marketing side of things, I, I I can vouch for the fact that I know you're a diehard fan because you're tweeting about the Braves constantly. You've had it in your profile and I, I always love it when you you pop up on there. I did see last night I wanted to say I think it was last night, uh, was it Kyle Muller was looking for somebody to come <laughs> catch him and I saw you threw your hat in the ring and I'm like, man, I would like if I could get somebody can I get something in the budget to fly Michael Kelly down to wherever (laughs) Kyle is to have him catch because that the social media side of me is going that would be content I would watch right there you know
2: I I told him I'd dress up like the Michelin man and let him fire bullets at me just so I could watch it
0: (laughs) that would
1: be good content right there (laughs)
2: <laughs> you know these these, uh, these kids, man. I, I'm just blown away by by the youth uh, that, that that the Braves have been able to groom, um, Kyle and Tuck, and all, but all these kids. And I think for me, that's one of the greatest things about being a you know a, a real Braves fan is that for a half dozen years now, you know, watching that those kids slowly get here, you know, and really, you know, I I know that when we do when we draft them, you know, I'm the first one on social media being like, welcome to the Braves, buddy. You know, and, and it and I follow these kids and I and I watch them and they're they're all coming up and we've done an incredible job. I say we like I own the Braves. Uh the organization's done an incredible job of, of cultivating young talent and it's been thrilling, man. Thrilling.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I I was just on a call. <clears throat> Uh, with Alex yesterday Anthopolis and Alex will uh, give us some time every now and then where we get to ask him questions and I've just been amazing. We've even had him on the podcast and that was a pretty cool uh, yeah. chance for Ricky and I got to talk and I, but he it's just you see his brain working and you see this things that he and everywhere he's gone, he's continued to have success because man he he just has a plan and we get to see it unfold as brace fans. And you know, and not obviously, not everything, ha- not everything works. You know, Cole Hamels didn't work out, but um, you know, if you, suck the stock market. You know, everything doesn't have to hit, right? But <laughs> right. You, you know, you want sixty to seventy percent of it to hit. So uh, Alex has done a great job with his team, and, and a good sign is we keep losing people. I mean, look at Perry. You know, Perry just took over as the GM for the the Angels, and and so they're going to continue to take people. That just tells you you've got good good people in place. But it has been an exciting time in Braves country. It just reminds me back in, you know, in the 90s when I played. It was just an exciting time. And, and, you know, think about 82 and just that you're excited about being a Braves fan. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, when baseball season's in full bloom or when things are happening with Um, the draft or, you know, who is it that you're around that you get to talk baseball with? I mean, do you have some other people that are crazy about
2: baseball like you? Well, yeah, my dad and my brother, uh, we have a text uh, chain and my brother-in-law, we text, every single day uh, we're in communication and, and most often it's about brave. You know, my dad was before it popped up on my feed, you know, he said super mm-hmm. sad day, man, rest in peace to the legend. Um, so we, we, the the three of us, four of us go back and forth every day, you know, nice. Um, I, I, I know that, you know, I was on Twitter this morning and somebody um reposted and said uh, it was the brave statement when they signed Ozuna last year I guess it was today last year so they reposted it and said let's go and I was like oh my god and I was ready to text my dad and I was like <laughs> wait a minute one year deal no it, there's no way I got him on a one year deal uh, but I was very uh, excited to. and you know it, it's funny because it's kind of like a competition between my dad and I to see who gets the information to the next mm. one uh, first um, so I was, I was excited to get it to him. And then I was like, wait a minute, a one-year deal. <laughs> There's no way. Um, but I, but, it, but Alex, man, I, I, wow, it must be so cool to talk to that guy because I, I think he's, uh, incredible and I think he's done a remarkable job and, you know, everyone who's like, sign Ozuna, do this, do that. I'm like, if he signs Ozuna, then that's the right thing to do. If he doesn't sign Ozuna, then that's the right thing to do. Like that's how much faith I have in Alex. I think he's, uh, he's amazing. And, and I have no worries about the direction of this team. None.
1: Yeah, definitely agree on that. Alex has been, and you know, not only is he just super smart and he's got a great plan, but he's a humble guy. I mean, he, he, he talks to us just like we're part of the team, you know, on the business side, which is, which is a lot of fun. And you see him in the hall and, he doesn't have a whole lot of errors about him. Sometimes you can't find him because he's off doing his job, right? But but <laughs> when we do see him, he's always willing to talk and you ask him questions and uh, but it's definitely a lot of fun. So hopefully when you come come to Atlanta this year, when we're playing, we'll we'll get we'll introduce you and, and let you ask him some questions
2: about that. that would be fantastic <laughs> man i'm I'm really really hoping to be there for the uh for the all-star game um, i'm hoping to get to play in the celebrity All-Star oh game. yeah okay i was asked i remember i was asked to play in it uh when it was in washington um a couple years back and uh i was unable to because of, of work but i'm um, i'm i'm going to if I get invited this year, do everything in my power. <laughs> I don't care what country I'm in working. I'm going to fly <laughs> home and be there for that. Cause to, you know, to be able to play in it, uh, for the first time. And, you know, this is hopefully I get invited, but to be able to play in it the first time in in my hometown to the place I still call home, you know, I mean, I've lived in New York for 20 plus years and I still call Atlanta. People say, where are you from? I'm like, Atlanta, nice. <laughs> That's my home. you know? Uh, <clears throat> so that would, that would just, that would mean the world to me. That would mean the world. Well, we'll
1: try to figure that out and see if we can put our hat and ring on that. I'm, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can scrounge up an invite. I don't think that's gonna be hard. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think I think we can make that happen. Um, Michael, I'm. I, I was I was telling myself before we started this to not turn this into the Chris Farley show where I'm just going. Remember when you were in Sopranos <laughs> and you were talking to Tony in his driveway? And, and then you remember when Stamper like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, so I'm a, <laughs> a big fan of your, your career. So I'll Thank try you. to keep it brace focused. Let's just say the hypothetical if you were to produce and star in a movie or a show about somebody embrace history could be big small anybody who do you think uh who do you think you would go with do you ha- do you have any thoughts on that
2: i, I mean obviously i uh, the hank aaron story not not that i'd play him but but to produce that or direct that or whatever that would be uh, a dream you know because it's such a story to tell um uh but but you look at recent guys, you know and you know i'm sure chipper jones story we Pretty darn interesting to say the least, Bobby Cox. I mean, what a legend, man! Um, I I uh, just—it's funny. I was just with my son in his room, and he's got that that really cool. They did a limited edition um, ceramic Bobby Cox bobblehead, and Bobby had signed it. And and it's funny. I was just in there looking at my son because of what I do for a living. Has got a hell of a baseball collection. It's like ninety percent Braves, but he's got a hell of a collection of bats and balls. Um, you know, i I feel very fortunate that when I go to the games, even if it's in um New York or wherever I go, uh, they, they let me come down on the field and, and the kids recently I've been able to bring the kids with me and Fulty mm-hmm. and I were, were friends and um or our friends and when he was in town, like he got the whole the whole gang, the whole panda sign a ball for my boy. That was really cool. And but to to see these kids, to to live vicariously through them, you know, for, for me, I, I gotta be honest, like I meet a lot of really cool Famous people doing what I do, from 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 presidents to 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 to, to other actors. But I'm never more excited than when I am on that baseball field and I get to be around the Braves. Like I'm, I'm like a, I'm just like my eight-year-old son. I'm like, oh my god, there's a cougar, there's a cougar, it's gonna come over. Uh, you know, it's it's thrilling to me and thrilling and i can
0: vouch so greg i can vouch for michael on this so this would have been michael you came down this is ah, we're going i'm going to say 2017 2018 something like that you happened to be in town and i was on the field and you there was a lot going on so i was kind of watching from the side and i was doing some other stuff with, with social media but i saw you there and i think it was the first time you got to meet faulty in person and greg it was so cool i could see because I, I i mean obviously i knew who michael was and i could just see the genuine fan coming out of him and how happy he was <laughs> to be there and i just I was, it's one of those things i'll never forget because i just thought it's just so cool to see like somebody who's in this this crazy awesome world of acting entertainment where you're meeting all these people but to see him in an environment where that pureness that purity of just being a fan still exists and uh and I just, there's not even really a question there. I just wanted to say, I appreciate that. And it's cool to hear you say that because it's, yeah. again, circling back to you are legitimately are a diehard in your heart praise fan. It's great to see.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I, when I get to stand on that field, like that feeling, you know, my, my son plays little league now and I, I coach, I help coach his team. I'm one of the coaches. Um, standing on even a little league field, just Feels so good but when you walk in that stadium and you stand on the Braves field and like you watch it every single day you know I I, if I don't watch every game I am listening to it or I'm reading about it the the, the minute if if I'm working I'm I'm reading about it the minute it's over or actually following along on the app on my phone Um, so to go and be there on that field to to touch the ground to, to stand there like to sit in the dugout one of my greatest um, most cherished pictures is my my father, my brother, and my brother in law. The four of us sitting in the dugout. Um, they let us sneak in there real quick and sit down, <laughs> take a picture. They're like, "All right, get out, get out. <laughs> you, know? you should not be in here." <laughs> but um, yeah, man, to hold the to hold the balls, man, just uh, it's it, it means the world to me. Man. Hmm. Yeah, I think
1: that's I, I'm I'm like you. I was very fortunate to meet a bunch of different types of people throughout my career. And I was on some great teams. So obviously that attracted you <laughs> the Dale Earnhardts and, you know, Elton John who lived here in town and Bill Murray and just a huge baseball fan. And so getting to be around those people just really made me appreciate what you do uh, at such a high level, even though a lot of times I took for granted what I did, you know, stepping out on the field every day or being able to face Barry Bonds or you know, being able to play with Greg Maddox and these guys, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you you do that, you get into your you know your mode of okay, this is my job, it's what I'm doing, and so it it uh, tarnishes a little bit from the standpoint of you don't you don't hold it up so special, but then when you're around somebody. That's in completely a different industry, and they're performing at a high level. You're in awe of it, and I, I just I just remember, and then that would kind of help me reflect back on, you know, what this is pretty special. I'm getting to do this, and I tried to keep that in perspective, but um, but you know, it is hard. The longer you do it, but it, but now looking back on my career, it it really means a lot more now, and just. You know, running the alumni association and being able to meet guys like Hank and Phil Negro, who just passed away, and and just a lot of guys who um, you get to look back and reflect, and it, it really makes me appreciate it more. And, and being able to talk with, you know, of course, you know, guys like Ricky, you know, who who Ricky and I didn't meet until a couple of years ago, and and so and so he's from a different generation. I'm more your age, uh, Michael, and and so Ricky being a younger generation, it's just brought a whole new uh perspective for me being able to do this podcast and talk to guys like yourself about it, it it's just it just man i just feel so blessed to be, have been able to do it and to be able to be involved and uh but um, it, it is amazing it is amazing
2: and you and you did it for for what close to a decade right like mm-hmm. you you know that and and on the highest level you have a ring like you you did the impossible you know I, I i go going back to my son you know i tell him how hard it is like so for me it's the same thing like there's you know i think one percent of us who will hold a sag card and it's hard to get your sag card but one percent of us who hold a sag card make a living doing this you know make a, a comfortable living doing this so mm-hmm you realize that baseball, it it might even be harder than that. Like, and so when you see these guys, you're just like, wow, that, you know, the dedication it took for you to do what you did, Mm -hmm. you know, the dedication it takes for every one of those guys. And sure it's fun to watch these games, but to realize just what it takes to, to, to get there, just to Mm -hmm. get to the majors, man, let alone play uh, on, on a level like, like the team's playing right now. Like that's, Damn, and, man, And Incredible, you know, I,
1: jo- I joke a lot and I take it to another level and I was joking about growing up in Philadelphia, but I even <laughs> take it to another level cause I was drafted by the Indians uh-huh. and I thought I was going to, my career was going to be with the Indians, but uh, thank God it wasn't, you know, that I was actually <laughs> got to go to the Braves. So you take it to another level that you get to be a Braves fan. I get to be a Braves fan. Ricky does. And because, uh, you know, what if you were a Mariners fan, you know, or whatever? You know, it's just the, or or a Cleveland Browns fan. I mean, you know, there's just there's another a lot of things to be thankful for, right?
2: Yeah, no, no doubt. <laughs> and if you're a Sox fan,
1: you're probably said thankful that I'm a Sox fan and not a Brace fan. But you know, we we can beg to differ <laughs> true, on that. <laughs>
2: true, true, it's true. We all we all have our things and our teams, and you know. Uh, but that's, that's what makes it so cool. That's what makes rivalry so great. That's what makes it, you know, every time we play the Nationals, every time we play the – hell, even the Marlins now, you know. The, so what makes right. that so great is because each fan base is diehard, you know. The, look at the Cardinals. Like, I have a lot of respect for Cardinals fans because they are some of the most knowledgeable fans in baseball as far as I can tell. You know, they, they really – you can go to – most people in that stadium and they can kick off some stats to you you know like they they are they are di- I have respect for those guys um but yeah that's what makes it special our our love for our teams
0: yeah that's uh just you mentioned the Marlins and I was just thinking you know especially being on Twitter and and working on the social media side of things <laughs> the woman who runs them who does the Marlins account is just one of my favorite and I think sure, that account is among the best in sports uh yeah Shout out to Mina. She listens to this. Uh, (laughs) But I love the rivalry between us and their fans. And yes, the Marlins have a smaller fan base, but the ones that are there that I see online, like they're diehard and they're funny and they know who they are and they know what the Marlins, that, what that organization is and what it has been. And it makes that banter, uh, Back and forth. So great. I did want to ask you this. So I'm going to modify. This is a question Greg has asked. Uh, we've had some musicians on before some of our famous fans. He first asked it to to Jason Isbell. We had him on uh, a year or two ago. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, Jason's great. Uh, one of my favorite musicians out there. Period. In addition to him being a Brace fan, but um, he asked him something, something about you know if if uh, if you could equate a band to a baseball team, what what instrument or what role would the relief pitcher play in a band? So if we're on a movie set or a TV set, <laughs> equating this to baseball, what is the what what role is the relief pitcher? What what purpose are they serving on the set there?
2: Oh. Huh. That's tough, because it's so important. Uh, And, you know, you know, probably the focus puller, because they have so much stress on the, the, there's so much stress on the focus puller, because just think for one second, uh, that I'm doing a scene here. And then here is the other actor. And they're a foot and a half behind me. And we're having a conversation. Well, that focus puller has got a he's holding this little dial in his hand and he's rolling it back and forth. And it's gotta, it's gotta be exact. So he's got to throw the focus when I'm talking from me to this guy. And then I'm going to talk again. And sometimes it's loosey goosey on a set and people are kind of not following the script exact. So you've got to really feel and be in the feel with those actors at that moment and roll that back and forth. Because if you're, focused on me and I'm not talking and he's talking. Just, it doesn't look right, especially if it's one a one-take uh, shot where they're not covering it with other angles. So I would say that the stress that's on the focus polar probably equates to what I can't imagine <laughs> what relief pitchers feel when they go out there with a one-run lead. Or <laughs> I just uh, uh, going <laughs> to throw up.
1: <laughs> all right, with with that in mind, and all of a sudden, let's just say the the um, you're filming and this guy screws it up, right? Mm-hmm. And they have to stop and they say cut. And all of a sudden, is it the producer or you know he's he's listening back to know that he screwed up. How many of you guys are like, all right, let's go get a new polar in here. What's going on? This guy stinks. <laughs> I gotta do this in <laughs> that take 47. What
2: <laughs> I've seen it on an independent film where a focus polar got more shit than he should have. <laughs> really? it, 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 I'm just mind. a
1: focus polar. Let's go. But, Come
2: on. <laughs> but but in general, there is um you know, especially like house of cards, say for instance, you know, like that's such a, it was such a well-oiled machine and, and it happens. Focus puller messes up. Like it happens, it, but actors mess up. Uh, you know, I, I pride myself on trying to be as prepared as I can possibly be when I get to set. Cause I don't want to be the guy that they're like, all right, let's go again, Michael. It's blah, 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 blah. You know, you don't want to be that guy. Um, if you remind me, I'll tell you a funny story about Sopranos uh, dealing with that. But you you, you never want to be the guy to hold up set. So, but you have. But we do. We all do. Everyone screws up in every single department on a film set, uh, whether it's wardrobe. You know, I've gone on the set with the wrong shirt on before. Not my fault. It's what was in my... They hang them up for you. Put this on. And you put it on. Or you have the wrong tie on or something. And you're like, ah. Oh. Because you're filming three or four different scenes in a day, right? Mm. Uh, four or five, six sometimes. So, and you're constantly changing clothes to match the scene. So everybody screws up. So for the most part, you don't you don't say pulling a new, bringing a new focus. <laughs> Thank
1: so, God. <laughs> so, when the guy goes back to his trailer, is his light blinking that says you just got traded? <laughs> <laughs> That's happened
0: That's to me.
1: Funny. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah. Focus
0: puller uh, uh, has been put on waivers.
1: <laughs> That's right. There's a waiver
0: wire. <laughs> So what what was the uh, all right here it is. Uh, we uh, almost make it the whole time without me fanboying, but what was the Sopranos story you mentioned? So, there?
2: so so I went on to the Sopranos. Um, it was the po- it was a point in my career when my manager was like, all right, no more no more guest stars on a show where you're only going to do one episode you know if they want you to guest on a show they they're gonna have to bring you in for an arc and it's hard because you know as an actor all you want to do is work and make a living and at the time i was not making a lot of money um but the sopranos called and said "We, we we want to we want to audition michael for this role and it's most likely just going to be one episode it could be more but most likely one and my manager called me. He was like, look, it's the Sopranos. I think you should do it. Uh, you know, you'll be able to tell your kids one day you're on the Sopranos. And I think that, w- I think that will be a cool thing. So I go in and I audition, I get the role. And one of my scenes was in the diner with, uh, James Gandolfini, rest in peace. One of the greatest men I've ever worked with and Michael Imperioli and, uh, i'm blanking on his name the other fbi guy he's a buddy of mine jesus anyway the four of us are at this table in in the uh, in the the deli restaurant with the red checkerboard tablecloth and the three of them have a conversation for three pages which is equivalent to about three minutes of dialogue and i have to come in with one line and my <laughs> and my line was Actually, we spend a little more of our time trying to interdict the financial networks that fund the terror cells worldwide. That was my one line. I'll never forget it because I screwed it up that day at least 15 times. And I remember, <laughs> and, I, and I knew I knew the line, but I was just like, oh my God, it's my turn to talk. Here it comes, I'm gonna screw it up again. And I just, <laughs> once, once you, once you screw up once, if you don't remedy it in the second or third take, you're going to, you can spiral, especially when you, I saw it happen countless times when people will come guest star on house of cards, because it's incredibly intimidating. You yeah. have this well-oiled machine, all the actors know each other and you have to come in and be the new guy <laughs> and try to like much like a relief pitch. I can't even imagine. <laughs> and like I'm in on a new team and, you know, you remember Shane Green and and, and everybody who came in and, they bombed those first few games. So I bombed. Uh, but I'll never forget, uh Dolfini turned to me and he was like, he was just like, he's like, dude, this is The Sopranos. We have endless amounts of money. We can film this scene all day long. You're great. Don't worry about it. And the script supervisor came over. She had asked me a few takes before, do you, wanna, do you want me to just put the line? We can't see the table in front of you. I'll just put the line in front of you on it. And if you need to look at it, you can look at it. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I got it. I got it. And then she finally brought it over, set it down in front of me. I never looked at it once and I and I got it right. Um and they invited me back again and again. So I think I did like six or seven of them in, in the in the long haul, but it just shows you everybody screws up, you know. Um it's just that's just the way it goes.
0: Yeah, that's it. Okay, well I, I got my fanboy moment in there. I got Pranos <laughs> and House of Cards, so I snuck snuck those in and that was uh, that was all I needed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Well,
1: this has been a lot of fun. Michael, I appreciate you. Pulling for the Braves and you know uh, bringing your kids up the right way—that's really important, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, especially man. being yeah. in New York, I was a Met for three years, so I know that that's uh, I know. It's probably it's probably not hard keeping them from being Met fans, but it may be hard keeping them from being Yankee fans, right? There yeah, in New
0: York.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're they're they're, they're diehards now. I mean, for Christmas they asked for for jerseys. Uh, my daughter, of nice. course, wanted wanted Swanson. Um, but they didn't, they didn't have the jerseys. I got her a T-shirt. <clears throat> they didn't have a kid Swanson, so I got her just a T. And, uh, and my son, he's always constantly wearing Braves gear. So it's mm-hmm. cool, man. It's uh, It feels really good to carry it on.
1: Well, our goal right now is that uh, right now we know spring training's hap- happening on time. And we're anticipating the season happening on time and having fans back in the stands. And hopefully this uh, vaccine takes off and does what it's supposed to do and yeah. So if that's the case, then we look forward to seeing you this year and you need to give us a heads up um, yeah. and so that we can meet in person. And, and, if, and I, tell, I tell this uh, to a lot of people, if you come on our guests, if you come on Sunday, that's when we have alumni Sundays. So you can sit in a suite with us, meet some of the other alumni and watch the game. we got great seats. So uh, we'd love to have you come uh, be a part of that and hang out with us. So uh, just uh, give us a heads up and, and uh, that be, should be, should be a lot of fun. I
2: would love that, man. I, I'm so looking forward to this. i Wait, man. And I, and I, and I look forward to meeting you guys in person and, and giving a big hug, man. It's going to be cool to, Hug other people. I, it's just been the four <laughs> of us <laughs> for a year. The four of us were just hugging each other. I'm like, I just want to hug somebody. <laughs> got a lot of hugs to give. That's
0: right. We're going to give you a big hug right before you run on the field in the celebrity softball game. At That's our there goal. Go. That's our mission. That's what we're yeah. going to do. I look
2: forward, folks. You guys, it's been a real treat, man. Thank you so much for having me. Really.
0: Hey, Braves country, we just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or at Braves.com slash Behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves.
3: Okay.